Welcome to the Coronavirus Effect, a podcast asking where do we grow from here. I am Sam Harris, your curious host. Society has never undergone such rapid changes in our lifetimes, and we all have the opportunity to learn and do something good. This podcast highlights the amazing things going on in the world and the ways that we can get involved. It's also a podcast where we discover how industries and the economy works and what the future could hold and how we can define it. If you are hoping to have an anxiety-induced panic attack, you may want to go somewhere else. There will be no live updates on the amount of people dying. There will be no scary dramatic music in the background. And there will be no reasons to crap yourself when you're already low on toilet paper. We are just going to host nice informative discussions with nice people and it's going to be great. Now, breathe. Today I'm going to talk about panic buying and the wave of problems we seem to be going through with people getting a little bit over the top with how much stuff they need. And also to examine why maybe there is much less blame to be made than we're currently giving to people and that we should maybe look at ourselves a bit more. And overall things are basically going to be all right. So summary, we can all be quite happy and chilled about it if you um, don't listen to the rest of this. And of my podcast in general, I'm trying to get experts on to talk about different things for the future. And panic buying seems like a very of the moment issue. But I figured, as I haven't quite had time to edit the interviews I've already started doing, it'd be useful to have a poignant thing. And there's also a lot of lessons in psychology, economics, game theory, and some philosophy stuff to go into. So actually, it's still a bit of a evergreen episode even though it relates to right now so the sun is shining i'm in a field and food is growing so there's no problem with food production as such and it's not like we're going to run out of people being able to farm the fields we're going to have food there's no food shortage which we have been told and yet we're still panic buying but then to be fair that isn't completely a silly thing because where we buy food has completely changed and the food systems and that we rely on are a bit different because of normally people go to their offices and they work and there's food there and they might go out for lunch and then people go on holiday people go to the pub people go to restaurants there's all these places where people eat where no one is eating anymore and so suddenly all food consumption happens in your home which means you have to buy all of your food from the supermarket so suddenly there's a much bigger wave of food needed from the supermarkets which they shouldn't be able to cope with anyway and so there's already a race to have food at which point it makes sense to try and get more food because of it might run out uh, but it's not going to run out don't worry and then you think about the fact that when we're given all this scary news about the world's changing so radically there's viruses that are killing lots of people there's very bad data on how it works exactly and how many people die and who's getting affected we don't really don't know what's going on as in we can look at maps that seem very accurate about stuff but there's really very little data which is why i'm trying to stay away from the science on this podcast because it's just simply not there yet but this 
news and terrible stuff that's going on does make people panic and creates anxiety and mental health issues. And one thing you can do to combat scared problems and well, these scary issues and anxiety is to have a sense of control in your life. And if you know that you have enough food, <laughs> that is something you, that you can control, that relieves your anxiety, that relieves your stress, that makes you feel better, that's helpful for your mental health. So it is a sensible strategy for your own peace of mind to stock up. And we shouldn't shout at anyone for feeling scared right now and for wanting to do that. So let's just get that out there. Like, <laughs> it's no one's fault for feeling this way. It's a very natural reaction to the current environment. Like we are humans, we're designed to react to our environments and thus we are reacting. It's a very mean thing to do in the news to say, the world's ending, oh my God, <laughs> all these things are going wrong, all these people are dying. And then, by the way, don't stock up because that's bad. You're being a bad person. Like, guys, that's just mean. Like, <laughs> let people feel how they feel and don't tell them off for it. But one thing that has been a bit confusing is the analogy of war, which is useful because we need to take things very seriously right now and we need to remember what's important. We need to look out for each other. We need to be prepared for the radical shifts in our lives. But unlike war, viruses are not an intelligent enemy. They are not bombing our supply chains. They are not trying to cut us off from the food we need. And they are not able to listen to what we're doing and sort of come up with tactics to stop us from doing it. So we can still communicate, we can still sort out any problems in our supply chains and change and adapt to the problems. And when we think of wartime, we think of rationing, we think of food shortages, and that's not really going to be the case. If we carry on panic buying, they may need to enforce proper rationing because it'll all just get a little bit silly, but there shouldn't be a need for it from a food availability standpoint, just from a human nature standpoint, which may, may happen. Um, but it just like we've been told about flattening the curve in terms of the amount of cases of, this is a terrible <laughs> explanation, in terms of the amount of numbers of people catching the virus and trying to stop the peak level of that happening all in one go, instead of having it happen over a period of time, we should expect that people want to feel safe. We should expect people to want to be stocking up for their own personal well-being and to not be visiting the supermarket so much and have like two or three weeks worth of food available to them. It's just we don't want people to be stocking up for like two months worth of food all in one go because suddenly we have like this huge peak in demand and it'll flatten out again afterwards whereas people get to the point where they realize that they can just do their weekly shop and don't need to be going there all the time. I mean, it is going to happen inevitably anyway that it will flatten out, but we could prolong the peak instead of having like, the massive amount of demand all at once. And I'll just go into a bit of the theory of why it's happening besides just anxiety. If you think of kind of game theory, when you go to the store and you need to stock up, as soon as you start seeing a few empty shelves and like things being low, it's in your interest to kind of get more because if you're worried that there might not be enough the next time you go. So even if you didn't want to stock up for more than the week, suddenly you're like, crap, if I come here next week, I won't have enough food. And so it's logical that you're going to try and get more than what you need right then. And it's a nice quote in Men in Black. 
a human is smart, but humans are dumb, panicky animals. And any one human does the logical thing when they're in the supermarket based on their environment. It's just as a mass of humans, we sort of reach this weird like escape velocity with these things as we all react in a sensible way to the single issue that affects us. But as a group, we kind of actually make everything worse for ourselves as a whole, which is why we have things like laws and speed limits and why we might need rationing just for a bit, just to sort of force people to be sensible and it'll be good for everyone. And then if you think about the fact that things are then getting low, when you're in the supermarket, the food that is there has a higher value than it's being sold for because the resource is low and there's scarcity. So when you have scarcity, you have a higher value of the good that you're getting, but it's not being sold at a higher price. So it's actually economically a very sound, sensible thing to be doing, to be buying more food that is there if you can get hold of it, because it literally makes sense right now if it's hard to get. So again, it kind of just hits sort of the thing in the back of your brain. It's like, I should probably get this because of it. it actually represents a very good deal. So, I mean, you don't want to not get it to then find you have to buy rice on Amazon for like 50 quid for two kilos because that's bloody annoying. So you, you want to get hold of these things to, to save money and be in a safer place. Then I think the most important thing to think about is Dogs, just what I was thinking. Yes, barking. Anyway, the, the most important thing is to remember to be empathetic and remember that everyone has a story. Like I said, everyone is actually behaving logically and there's so many people that have a good reason for stocking up besides just being a bit worried. Like my flatmate in London stocked up a few weeks ago because my other flatmate has recently had quite a few people die in her family and She's generally been a bit depressed and anxious about things. And we didn't need another reason for her to feel bad or worried about life when she's already got enough problems. And so it was like, well, we don't need to have another reason to be worried and stressed out. If I can get some food in, that's like one thing we don't have to worry about, which made sense. And now that I'm at home with my mother, she has an underlying heart condition. So we don't want to be going to the shops like even me, just in case I catch it and give it to her kind of thing. So we want to be isolated. We can't get a delivery for three weeks. So we obviously wanted to have three weeks worth of food in the house so that we don't have to go out and see anybody, which means thus we have dogged up. And that's like a very good reason. Or, you know, you might think that sort of a young family with kids, like they're probably going to be okay. They don't need to panic too much. But, you know, if you've got kids, that's pretty stressful. You don't want to be running to the shop every day just to, like, pick stuff up. And then when I was a kid, I was fussy as hell. I would genuinely vomit when you tried to give me things that I didn't like. Not because I was a dick. I just had this weird reaction inside me that just made me, like, unable to eat things. And there was very few things I would eat. And so imagine trying to tell my mum that she can only have two cans of the thing that I eat when... She's trying to stock up for me for three weeks. As in, it's a nightmare. If your kid won't eat other stuff, you can't just sort of go every other day just to pick up the things they need. Like some people do just need to get a lot of some things. And, and maybe this mother who's shopping for their annoying kid is also trying to shop for her parents so you can't go out. Like people have reasons to buy a lot of stuff and we could just be a lot more empathetic. If we think about 
there's a nice parable of if you go to the movies and like one time someone comes in 10 minutes late and walks over you and you have to like get up in your seat and it's, it interrupts your movie it slightly ruins the feeling and you you feel like this person's a bit of a dick and you're like wow why has this person come and ruined my movie and then a week later you're going to the movies but you have like this crazy day at work and then you leave a bit late and then on the way you get another call from your boss and it's a nightmare and you end up being late and like it rains and you haven't got an umbrella and, and you just end up like in this really terrible scenario and you finally get to the movies you're really wet you're late and you have to get everyone up in the line for you to get to your seat and they all just look at you like what an idiot and but you're the hero of your story i mean you really tried very hard and it wasn't your fault and you can really think of the reasons why things go wrong from your point of view but you don't think of it for other people and it just reminds you to be empathetic and understand that everyone has a story and they probably are nice people they're not trying to be dicks and in the same way when it comes to panic buying we shouldn't just instantly judge everyone as being a dick and trying to make the world a bad place they're just looking after themselves and the people they love and it would be nice if we didn't tell them off for that because these people are nice and <laughs> I, I will just say uh, one point is that some people have been untactful with the way they've stocked up and they've maybe got too many ready meals and things like this and then they haven't eaten them all on time and they've started throwing things away now buying too much fresh food and then throwing it away is really silly and very unhelpful right now and you should really think about the things that you do buy and not get things that you don't need because that's really bad <laughs> but um it does make sense that people are anxious and want to get things and we shouldn't be quite so judgmental but we should just try and think of ways that we could flatten the curve so i've come up with a few uh one is as i mentioned we have uh, the change of food sort of getting to humans because we're not in our offices and at restaurants and things but all the companies that supply offices and restaurants still exist so we could do some of our shopping from those places so companies like viking direct ryman's staples they supply offices with things like toilet paper washing up liquid and hand sanitizer they supply coffee tea biscuits milk these are all things you can order and it will arrive in a few days and will come in like large quantities they're not really doing much trade for their offices right now so you could just order from them and i don't know the american equivalents but i'm sure i will put them in the notes and people can comment and i'll add them to my show notes other options is buying direct from uh, brands so like Brewdog you can order your beer from them or your non-alcoholic beer they've also started doing hand sanitizer yeah lots of companies like Pip and Nut you can order peanut butter directly from them you can order from my protein you can get like your protein shakes you can get lots of oats you can get supplements and vitamins and minerals and lots of snacks and things you can you can go to Huel and you can order like an all-in-one shake so you don't even need any other food or soy lint in America uh, there's there's a lot of options for food that will actually arrive in a few days besides just normal supermarket food if food is really the most urgent problem that you have another option to uh, help flatten the curve is just go on a diet now i might sound a bit optimistic but seriously most people don't need to eat as much as they do for the next two months because 
they maybe have a bit spare. And you can genuinely use this moment to be a bit of a hero and eat less. I'm eating a bit less. I, I was trying to get fat to go to the Arctic. That's not happening anymore. Uh, so I have a few percentage body fat to lose. So why not? It kind of makes a lot of sense. If you wanted to have a, a good reason, well, the world has some problems. Maybe you could deal with some of your problems at the same time and everybody wins. And you can feel very good about yourself and it'll help keep you feeling a bit more positive when you could do with some reasons to feel positive. That said, if dieting makes you cranky and not positive and a horrible person to be around, maybe don't do it because you probably have to spend time with people and you don't want to be a dick to people. Another option is just being a bit more stoic about things. And stoicism, you know, we have the philosophy where you think about the thing that scares you, that you're so worried about, and actually go and do the thing. And so if we are worried about running out of food or having to live off just porridge for a few weeks, maybe try just living off porridge for a few weeks and see how bad it really is, because it's not that bad. Trust me, I've, I've tried it. I've, I did Huel for two weeks solid, and it was actually quite nice. So you could just order some fuel and stop actually going to the supermarket at all and just live off that for a few weeks and just see what it's like. It's kind of a fun experiment, you know. We've got a lot of time to like try different things. Why not just try a few funny things and see what happens and be a bit experimental with your living styles and see how bad things really do get because they, just, they really don't get that bad. And so um, it'll help deal with your anxiety because you won't be so afraid of these things that you're trying to control for that you actually don't need to be afraid of anyway. So those seem like some good solutions to me, and I'm trying a few of those. Well, all of those, basically. And so I think it's just important to remember that things are going to be all right. We don't need to worry so much. When we hear about things that sound like the world is ending, it's important to remember that the world really isn't ending. And something I really notice when I'm traveling, is people often say they're looking forward to get back to reality or that it's nice to have a break from reality. And it's just very strange, the language that we use, that what we perceive as reality is just a part of our lives. And we think about these other things as not real, when actually everything is real, like whether you're in India or, or France or England, like all these different places are real. And whether you're in London working in a bank or whether you're just helping out in an orphanage in Miranda, like all those different situations are very real. But we kind of think of just like the main part of our life as the real thing. And then in the same way, we could take a step back from human things and we say like, oh, the world's ending. Actually, it's not at all. From a human point of view, if we step back and look at it, like it's a mildly low point for humanity. If we look at like the history of different tests that humanity has gone through, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as you know, the plagues, the world wars, these kind of things. It's it's certainly a very testing, difficult time, but the infection rates of things, you know, 1% of deaths, over 1% of people die a year anyway, which is terrible. Like death is really bad and it's really sad this happens. And But if we lose our shit about it, like it could be worse than 1% by quite a bit. If we act sensibly and empathize with other people and take sacrifices, we could really do a quite a good job of this and it could be much, much lower, like 0.00 something percent of people that die. And we don't want any deaths at all, but we can really help ourselves if we don't 
get too panicky about it. So panic buying, but also panicking about everything else um, in terms of like our situation, the economy, and whether we have a job or not. And let's just do the sensible thing. And ultimately, like the world is still going. As I said, the sun is shining, the trees are growing, and you look at the birds, like they have no idea what's going on. They're having a nice time as usual. Like, dolphins are appearing in Venice and things. Like the whole world at large is doing fine. Um, we will be all right, and hopefully as is the point of this podcast, we can learn some really important things from this and grow and learn to empathize with others, as I've said repeatedly in this episode, and understand each other better and the world better and not be quite so presumptuous and judgmental about things and see reality for what it is and be a happier, kinder species. And this might sound like we're in a bit of a low point for humanity but that's really the worst way you can view it it's more of a potential lesson for humanity to teach us to be better i think we can really look for the positives in the situation and come out of this in a good state i think we'll kind of look back at these 12 weeks and sure they're going to be hard maybe it's a year maybe it's a month maybe maybe it's longer but we can look back at this and sort of be fond of it i feel like um certainly if you ever do hiking and things you go for like four days in the hills and you spend the entire time complaining about your feet hurting and not having enough food and things and sure we might have a lot of time locked in and we'll be complaining about our family or complaining about being alone and these things but we'll look back and be like actually that was, that was quite a nice time where everything kind of stopped and we had some time to think and do stuff and be together and remind us of who we really like and have time catching up with our friends over the phone and, and being nicer people and it's a good opportunity to write some letters i've been doing that I really enjoy that. So anyway, <laughs> I've slightly uh, gone off on a tangent from um, just panic buying to say, let's all be nice and kind to each other and call each other and write letters and stuff and enjoy the time rather than just spending the whole time panicking. So anyway, let's stop judging people for panic buying. Let's be nice and let's try to flatten the panic buying curve a little bit and be nice to each other. And I'm going to stop talking before I repeat myself too many more times. One final important thing to add, as I have been talking about empathy, I don't want to come across as a complete hypocrite by trampling all over people's feelings with what I just said about it not being that bad. I mean, there are people going through terrible times, and there are those who are unwell and worried. There are those who have lost people, and those who will lose people. There are the medical staff working endless hours and yet still seeing many people dying. There are those in unhappy marriages stuck with someone they don't like for many months, which would be terrible. And they might be giving anything right now to just be alone. Conversely, there are those who are isolated all alone who would give anything right now to have someone with them. And there are those who are divorced who might not be able to see their kids for a long time. There's a lot of people who have really bad circumstances. And my heart does go out to all of you. But I do need to use further empathy for the majority of my listeners who aren't in that category and don't need me to rattle off an endless list of bad things right now. Because the point of this podcast is to find reasons for um, joy and hope and things to look forward to. And so just wanted to highlight that for anyone who is feeling like everything is really terrible, just trust me that nothing is forever. And when you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel, it doesn't mean that there isn't one. You just have to keep going and stay strong and stay safe. So thank you for listening and be empathetic, please.